Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well today, Tim. I hope all the listeners out there are doing fantastic. Uh, I'm a little frustrated, though, because of this upcoming episode that we're about to air, mostly due to the lack of information on this unfortunate individual who's missing. But I'm hoping I am not talking to another unfortunate individual. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for asking, Lance. You're right. There's really not a lot of information on Elliot Scott Roberts. This case did come into private investigations for the missing, and Kathleen Studer put together this research for us, so thank you to Kathleen. And Elliot Scott Roberts went missing on March 3rd, 2021, or at least he was last seen on March 3rd. He wasn't actually reported missing until March 18th, 2021. And this is from Carryville, Campbell County, Tennessee. He was 50 years old at the time of his disappearance, 5 foot 7 inches, about 125 pounds, had brown hair, blue eyes, and he was wearing a gray pullover sweater. And I think it's important to note that even though there isn't a lot of information on this individual, we still have to talk about these people because you never know what will come of it. We put this out there, maybe someone in Carryville saw something that they never reported. Maybe there's a family member that can talk with us, but it doesn't matter how much information there is out there about anybody. If they're missing, they still deserve to have as much time as possible focused on their disappearance. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're wondering what private investigations for the missing is, it is a nonprofit that was founded by Bruce Maitland, who is the father of Brianna Maitland, who is missing from Vermont and is still missing from Montgomery, Vermont, since 2004. And Lance and I are on the board of PIs for the Missing, and you can check out everything that they're doing at investigationsforthemissing.org or on social media, and there are links in the show notes. And during this interview, we talked a little bit about the town of Carryville, and I just want to give a, a quick bit of information about this town, because when we went on a Google Earth view of it, where he disappeared was so striking to me. And when we were off air, I was thinking probably should be recording this. And I had just never seen an area like that. There were the cabs of semi trucks in the off to the side of the road with a bunch of vegetation growing out of it. Like the, the forest had sort of encapsulated these cabs of semi trucks. And I looked into the town itself. And as of 2020, the population of Carryville was 2,212. And out of the 2,212 people, 2,091 are white. This is from the U.S. Census. 94.35 percentage of the people there are white. And then it's broken down to black, Native American, Asian, Hispanic. And that's not me saying anything specific about the area. I just wanted to Again, paint the picture of what we're looking at in terms of the town. And if anybody has any information on the whereabouts of Elliot Scott Roberts, you are instructed to contact the Campbell County Sheriff's Department at 423-562-7446. Okay, Lance, and before we get to the conversation that Jennifer Amell from Crawlspace Media also joins us in... I want to mention our Missing Premium service, and you can check that out at missing.supportingcast.fm. Lance, that's where you can get ad-free episodes of Missing. You can get our bonus show. What else? Tim, we've been very excited about this. We've been putting together all of the material to make sure that our listeners get a full premium experience, and there are a couple of elements that 
I know you're excited about, I'm excited about, and I can't wait to let our listeners know one of the coolest things that comes with the basic tier, in addition to those ad-free episodes, for only $2.99 a month, you can sign up to be a part of the text club. We are not going to bombard you with text messages. This is an efficient way for us to communicate with our audience when a new episode drops, when a bonus episode drops. If we have live shows coming up, we can put links in there. It can be a very efficient way to interact with our audience. We just might send you a little hello to make your day a little better, but we're not going to bombard you. You can voluntarily opt in or out, so that's cool. There are three exciting tiers, Lance, and you can check them out at missing.supportingcast.fm. Okay, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. We're going to break for commercial real quick, and we'll be right back with our conversation with Jennifer Amell about Elliot Scott Roberts' disappearance. Follow us on social media at missingcsm. Welcome back to Missing Jennifer Amell. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about this case. And it's it always strikes me as so sad um, when we get these cases that come in. This is one that came in through private investigations for the missing. But there's so little out there. I think maybe a collection of three articles in total about Elliot Scott Roberts. Um, and it just makes me like that much more determined to cover these cases on here on missing to help raise that profile and, and get the word out about these missing people that just kind of fly under the radar, you know? Well said. And it really made me realize that the reason why we keep getting these missing person cases that have very little out there is because we're getting them through the nonprofit. Those are coming to us from family members because their missing individual does not have a lot of information out there. So really, we're kind of like the front line of bringing it from like a couple of articles to a piece of audio that'll live forever in, uh, you know, in, in podcast form, not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but I didn't even think about it until you just said that line. And it made me realize how often we say that line, that there's not a lot of info out there. And if there is a lot of info out there on a, on a particular missing person, it's probably not coming to private investigations for the missing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that, and I also get like why other shows don't necessarily devote an entire episode to these cases because the information is so sparse. And then you get into the territory of speculating and that sort of stuff, which we try not to do. Uh, we do that more on hidden opinions, but it doesn't. It shouldn't stop us from covering these cases because I think it's so important that it reaches the right people who may have seen this individual who might have more information, who might not have known they had information on him, and who might then go to the police with that information, and maybe it could lead somewhere. It's hard to turn down anyone who asks for coverage, especially a family member uh, who has a loved one who is missing and there's not much coverage. And uh, so the case of Elliot Scott Roberts is one of those cases. He was last seen March 3rd, 2021 in Carryville, Campbell County, Tennessee. And he was reported missing on March 18th, 2021. So in addition to not having a lot of coverage out there, this is a pretty recent case, about a year and a half uh, since he's been missing. And at the time of his disappearance, he was 50 years old. 
5'7", about 125 pounds, blue eyes, brown hair. He was wearing a gray pullover sweater. And interestingly enough, speaking of not having a lot of information out there, he's not in NamUs or the Charlie Project at this time, which is a bit unusual at this stage. Yeah, I mean, Charlie Project and NamUs are amazing databases for information on missing people. I mean, NamUs in particular on Jane Doe's, um, unclaimed people's. But yeah, it's it's a real wonder why it's not in any of these databases. I know it's an official missing person. Um, we, we got that through law enforcement or whatever. But um, yeah, I guess some of these cases can even slip through the cracks with uh, such excellent projects like, uh, like Charlie or Namus, unfortunately. Absolutely. And Kathleen Studer helped us with research on this case. So big shout out to Kathleen. Thanks a lot, Kathleen Studer. She's really a powerhouse, isn't she? She is. She does so much good work. Yeah, she really she d- really devotes a lot of time. And just to reiterate, this is all volunteer. Um, Kathleen's not being paid, so she, she takes her own time. Uh, she has a full-time job, too. She takes her own time to do this work. So thank you again, Kathleen. And Elliot Scott Roberts went by Scott to friends and family. He went missing, as we said, from Carryville, Tennessee on March 3rd, 2021. And he attended Campbell County Comprehensive High School in Jacksonboro, Tennessee, a town that was midpoint from where he grew up in La Follette and where he was at the time he went missing in Carryville. And unfortunately, the school is known for an incident in 2005 where a student, Kenneth Bartley Jr., apparently brought a gun to school and shot and killed the assistant principal named Ken Bruce and wounded two other school administrators. So it was a uh, school shooting that, unfortunately, this particular high school that he went to school at is known for. Yeah, I think uh, that's important to note because if you search, um, you know, uh, Scott Roberts' case, that school does come up, and it, it's a little confusing that these two incidents occurred, but, you know, super far apart. I mean, Scott was what, 49, 50 when he went missing. So, I mean, high school was, you know, far in the past for him. But, um, yeah, important to note. And Scott noted on social media that he attended the University of Texas at Austin and that he was self-employed, but also linked employer SL Tennessee, which is an automotive supplier in Clinton, Tennessee, around 16 miles south of Carryville. And family-wise, Scott has many family members in the area, uh, siblings, nieces, nephews. Several family members are vocal on social media about their battles with addiction. And Scott apparently did have some brushes with the law in Campbell County, the last of which was in June of 2019. He was arrested for public intoxication. But those are just bullet points here. It's not known if any of these played a part in his disappearance. I was going to say, um, it's really hard to suss out when people have, you know, uh, the disease of addiction. I mean, these things can come into play in missing persons cases if someone is so disoriented that they get lost or, you know, get in a fight or, you know, it just makes them a much more vulnerable population. And unfortunately, it seems like Scott did have a problem with alcohol. Well, in the words of John Frizo, who we've had on the show a few times, he's a former New York Police Department detective from the missing persons unit and also a lieutenant. He said in one of our interviews, and I know you said that this is a disease and it is, but he said the first thing they do is look for the vice. And the vice usually is what will lead you to a missing person. Not exactly like where they're at, but it'll lead you to the reason, usually. So 
I'm not saying that this is the case here, but coming from his point of view and his experience looking into hundreds of cases, I mean, that was one of the first things that he said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah, you have to look at that under a microscope. And I mean, this can easily slide into the territory of victim blaming that they, you know, purposely made themselves uh, go missing because they had these addictions or whatever. And it's just not true. I mean, like I said before, it's a disease like any other disease. It just makes people more vulnerable to these things happening. Yeah, good point. And I wasn't saying that to, again, say that this was any sort of um, way to shame a person. It It is like essentially what you just said, and, and you're just agreeing with John's perspective on that. Yeah, totally. I mean, he he would know better than us, right? And Carryville, Tennessee is a small town nestled at the corner of a valley between mountains to the west and north. The population in 2020 was around 2,400 people, and its economy comes mostly from the restaurants and hotels, motels along Interstate 75. And Carryville is also one of the gateways to the large recreation area in the valley that's made up of the Powell River and Norris Lake. And on the Powell River, there's the Norris Dam, and this dam creates a kind of a snaking river with finger inlets all along, uh, which is full of resorts and lodges and campgrounds, so it seems to attract a large tourism population. And State Route 25 West runs along the north side of the valley and connects Carryville with the towns of Jacksonboro and La Follette. And the distance between Carryville and La Follette is about nine miles. And just to reiterate, um, Scott was living in La Follette, but he went missing from Carryville. Right. And Jacksonboro is about the same size as Carryville, and La Follette is closer to twice their size as far as population goes. And all these towns are part of Campbell County and a part of the Great Appalachian Valley. So besides tourism, the county's main source of revenue comes from the bituminous coal mines, which are on the largest produce, which are the largest producing mines in Tennessee. Interesting fact about mining in the area, saltpeter, which is essentially salt, was also mined in that area during the War of 1812 and possibly the Civil War. So a bit of a history lesson there for you guys. And so Scott was last seen on Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021, when an unnamed witness stated that they dropped him off near the Red Ash Baptist Church in Carryville, Tennessee. And it has not been reported what the purpose for dropping him off there was. Yeah, it's an interesting little fact. I mean, starting at the basics here, it's like, who is this person who dropped them off? Um, unnamed witness is an interesting way to to put it. I mean, we don't know if it was a friend, if it was a family member, or if like, Scott was hitchhiking. I mean, it doesn't seem likely. It's not too common nowadays. I mean, this was 2021. But yeah, I'm really interested to know who this person was. And then the second question is, why? Like, why was he going there? Right. Additionally, according to the website, the church doesn't have any active services that happen on a Wednesday anyway. They just uh, Sundays and Tuesdays. So perhaps it was just a open parking lot that was convenient potentially or maybe he worked there in some capacity like either volunteering i know people go to the church all the time um the church is used for a lot of services sometimes they have soup kitchens out of it you know sometimes they collect materials in a thrift store to give to the you know the poor but yeah i wonder maybe he was cleaning the church who knows 
And the Campbell County Sheriff's Department says that he was reported missing by his brother on Thursday, March 18th, 2021. So I wonder if it was typical for them to go over two weeks not speaking. It must have been. Yeah, I, I, I believe Scott lived alone. Not entirely sure. But it seems like if he was living with another person that they would have alerted someone that Scott never made it home. At least in a day or two, you know. But two weeks is quite a long time. And the Sheriff's Department and La Follette Rescue Squad searched for Scott on foot in the area that he was last seen, as well as by air on Tuesday and Wednesday, March 23rd and 24th of 2021. So pretty soon after he was reported missing. So he's reported missing. I don't know how that works. Like, do they immediately start searching or is there some sort of like preliminary, I don't know, knocking on doors that isn't really searching type business that happens yeah i'm sure the investigation was like somewhat underway by the time yeah the search party started seems like th- there's probably a little bit of just just waiting you know to see if um the missing person shows up at first sort of organizing things now there are a lot of woods around this church uh so i don't know exactly where they searched but um it would take a big search group to cover all this ground the, the ground that Scott could have gotten to. Yeah, definitely. And there wasn't anything officially reported in any, you know, known news site, but our researcher Kathleen went on to the website Web Sleuths. Uh, we're all familiar with that one. It's where like anyone can kind of get on and talk about certain cases or volunteer information on there. And it is anonymous too. Like people have handles that disguise their identity. So there was a Web Sleuth post about this case stating that in those woods around the church a shirt pants and a wallet were found but there was no you know kind of confirmation that it belonged to scott and was it mentioned that the person who posted that might have been part of the search and rescue team i don't think they elaborated too much Mm. on who they were or how they knew this information but maybe they're local to the area i don't know and it was like word of mouth that happens in like small towns and missing persons cases like people talk and maybe it's not reported to the media as fact by the police department or by witnesses but it's just kind of the talk of the town and interestingly enough there's a small creek that runs on one side of the church like across the street and there's also uh railroad tracks behind the church yeah so interesting yeah Without knowing the reason Scott wanted to get dropped off there, it's tough to say what his mentality was or what his headspace was at that moment because there is just a lot of vast woods behind that church. And as you mentioned, Lance, the train tracks that you could potentially hop on a train or just you know wander down. And there's also the Cove Creek across the street from the church. And I wonder what that train track i wonder what that uh the purpose of that was is that like a commuter rail or is that more like a cargo i think it's striking me as more of a um cargo freight Freight train train. yeah Yeah. is it abandoned so i did a, a quick search online um doesn't seem like there's any working commuter rails there. And additionally, if if you like try to uh, plot out a route on Google Maps, you can like select for a train and there's no known routes there either. So it's either a freight train that's not listed or it's like you said, Tim, and it's abandoned. 
It does appear to be abandoned. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Well, the weather on the day that Scott went missing was cool, with temperatures reaching 62 degrees Fahrenheit and dipping as low as 26 degrees. There was no rain, and the winds were minimal. These temperatures were not ideal, though, for someone to remain outside for long periods of time without proper clothing. Yeah, it raises the question, like, did he get disoriented? Did he walk into the woods? Did he, you know, you know, succumb to exposure of some sort? And and we do know from, like, past cases, like, if you have a vast area to search or if it's dense with overgrowth or woods, it's quite easy to miss somebody who might be in those woods and deceased. Um, you'd like to think they, you know, searched very diligently but still possible you could miss him i just want to circle back real quick on this anonymous witness or this unknown witness who said that he got dropped off there we have no other information on that like did this come from uh the police or did this come from some sort of surveillance or something not really sure i mean that was what was reported in the news articles um so you know that reporter may have just talked to the police and that's what they were able to release you know, like if that witness wanted to be anonymous in some way. Um, yeah, we don't have anything more on that. And there are numerous missing adults in Campbell County, Tennessee. And here's a few of the cases. On March 19th, 2021, a man was reported missing from Carryville, a different man. His name is Ryan McCamey, and he was last seen March 16th near the Shady Cove area. And the Campbell County Sheriff, in essence, had two missing person searches going on at the same time in two different areas of Carryville. And on March 26th, they found the body of Ryan in the same area he went missing in and determined that foul play was not suspected in his death. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and quite a coincidence, too, that two people could go missing at the same time. And doubly as interesting that it wasn't foul play. Like, it was just looks like it's just a coincidence. So on June 28th of 2017... Um, there was a 42-year-old Roman Keith Wright. He was last seen at his home on Bethlehem Road in La Follette. And family members say no one has seen or spoken to him since. And we have even less information about Roman's disappearance than we do Scott. And on March 31st, 2019, 33-year-old Adam Clint Bard went missing in the Stinking Creek area of the mountains north of La Follette. His vehicle was located, but also he has not been found. And just a little bit while later, on August 8th of 2021, two brothers also went missing in the area of South Carryville. That's 51-year-old Scott and 44-year-old Tracy Hawkins. So Scott and Tracy Hawkins, they had driven to the Holly Gamble Funeral Home and parked across the street that morning to go ginseng hunting. They were expected to return around 6 p.m. that night, and when they did not, their mother reported them missing. Again, the Campbell County Sheriff did an extensive search for the brothers, but they have not been found as of this date. And that was August 8th, 2021. However, they did locate their vehicle where they left it, and a local hunter captured an image of them on a game camera. Very interesting. That ginseng hunting is pretty interesting. I uh, was doing some Googling about it, and... uh, a pound of ginseng can be worth between 500 and and $1,000. And some reports of 
ginseng, a ginseng root uh, being sold for almost $20,000. So this is kind of a lucrative uh, hunt, um, but also dangerous and illegal. Yeah, I had no idea about this kind of like black market for ginseng root. That's crazy. Me either. It reminds me yeah. of um, truffles. Like that's a that's a yeah um, harrowing kind of thing to go hunting for. Um, I don't know if like it gets into like crime though for truffle hunting, like ginseng maybe does. Uh, but apparently, it grows in this area. And does anybody have any account of Scott being a ginseng hunter? Not that I know of. It's just an interesting thing to note, um, especially because there was this, these two uh, brothers who went missing in August of 2021, and they were involved in this black market ginseng thing. So yeah, I have no idea if Scott is related to this at all. It's super fascinating. Some hunting areas have become like the Wild West, they said, and states including Tennessee have regulated the hunting and gathering of ginseng with a myriad of laws to, I guess, keep things under control. So I wonder how competitive and potentially violent this could be. Yeah, if those, uh, if Scott and Tracy Hawkins disappeared because of their hunt for ginseng, they disappeared before the hunting season was legal in Tennessee. Um, it's noted here that the hunting season for ginseng is between August 15th and December 31st of each year. Um, so if it was illegal in some way, um, maybe others were uh, competing with these brothers to get the ginseng, maybe, you know, a fight ensued and it was related that way. But uh, yeah, pretty crazy thing. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's pretty interesting. I've never heard of the show Appalachian Outlaws, but apparently they had a couple of seasons and it premiered in 2014 and it was about uh, ginseng hunting. And uh, that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, apparently in that show, Tim, there are like territorial battles over people's, you know, hunting grounds. Like they will claim grounds like an area of the woods or whatever um, and, this, and protect it against other hunters. And apparently people have died at the hands of those trying to protect their patches because over-harvesting is a, is a huge issue. I mean, due in part to how, how much money <laughs> you can get per pound of ginseng. I mean, for example, there's a man in Maryland who has a secret patch and he makes between 250000 to a million dollars a year just by selling that ginseng that he harvests. This is an amazing, lucrative economy I've never heard of. But we do know that at the time of Scott's disappearance, ginseng would not have been coming up yet in the woods around the church he was last seen at. So I guess we have to potentially eliminate that as a possibility. Yeah, I guess so. It's just an interesting thing to to note. He, I guess, may not have known that it wasn't there yet, you know, or... uh... Or maybe it did pop up a little early and word in town spread. It's hard to say, um, but I have no idea if he was actually uh, hunting for ginseng or not. Or maybe stumbled onto somebody's ginseng patch. and Yeah, I think that seems like a possibility if there was foul play, um, and especially for the two brothers, too. But also, you know, you're out in the wilderness. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen. You know, you can... You can sprain an ankle accidentally and you can be in real trouble out there. Yeah, very true. Well, there is very, very little information on this unfortunate individual. And that just makes me kind of feel for his family and friends. They just don't have anything to go on. 
it just blows my mind that we hear all the time like how difficult it is to I don't know leave your life or like disappear and apparently it's not yeah I really feel for um, Scott Roberts family um, I know the person who submitted his case um, hasn't gotten in touch with us yet and hasn't spoken to our PIs either uh, but we're hoping if they hear this episode to please reach out we'd love to know more about Scott um, and indeed if you have any more details or information about his disappearance we'd love to know that too And if you have any information, please contact the Campbell County Sheriff's Department at 423-562-7446. Or you can contact Private Investigations for the Missing at investigationsforthemissing.org. You can email them, piftmtips at gmail, or call them at 866-331-6660.